It is Wednesday, July 12th, Sleepers Podcast. Carter Elliott, Greg Waddell, we are back. Yesterday, the over-under was three episodes this week. Cart, congratulations, we hit the milestone, my friend. Woo! I mean, I'm not not surprised, to be honest. I feel like we're locked in. Yeah, we are locked in at this point. I, uh, I think we always had faith in us. Maybe just others didn't have faith in us, or our presumed thoughts of what others think of us weren't very high, but we're in a good spot right now. You, you want to know what I'm most concerned about, honestly, with this? And, you know, timing issues might come up, you know, adjustments might need to be made. But every single day, I'm going to have some sort of fit on here. <laughs> I don't, for people that don't know at home, I don't have clothes like that. So, like, there's going to be some repeats. And if I see any comments about me having repeats, F off, okay? Like, I got to do laundry still, so... I think it's all about variations, though. Like, we both only have a finite number of shirts and hats, but you can cross-combo those in a variety of different ways. You know what I mean? Oh, oh, oh! I might have this hat on tomorrow, but I'm going to turn it backwards. Right, exactly. Yeah, okay. Uh, good start for us, I would say. Uh, shout out to anybody who has been listening and watching. The numbers were pretty good on YouTube yesterday. We were a little scared the numbers wouldn't justify doing this as much, but uh, we're happy through two days with where all of that stuff is at. You can listen to this on Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well. Cart's doing a great job clipping everything. And we're just going to keep this thing rolling every Monday through Friday. You can get sleepers, media, in podcast form. Uh, we're also going to be commentating the World Putting League match Head-to-head Thursday, 5 p.m. Eastern. It's going to be live-streamed from the Dimers Twitter account. And Cart and I will be suited up doing play-by-play. Did you do any research last night, Cart? No. You going to do any research tonight, Cart? Yes. Can't wait. It's going to be a blast. Let's start today's episode with some questions. We got a lot of good ones. uh, Or not questions, comments from the YouTube uh, video yesterday 12 comments today as always we will read them uh, if you leave a comment on our main youtube video every single day we will read it on the next day's episode so starting with this from noah daily videos are great maybe you could do a section with your predictions for msu and michigan minutes and scoring predictions this season no nope <laughs> <laughs> i won't I, I don't want to talk about anything with michigan michigan state basketball against each other this year cart i'm taking a year off Oh, wow. Interesting. Interesting. Interesting, but probably smart and good timing. I'm just kidding, obviously. But like, do I want to talk about how good Michigan State is and how bad Michigan is? Not really, Noah. I'm sorry. We Yes, we will do that at some point very soon. Uh, $10 Tommy said they need to combine Moneyball with the Flint Pro-Am in some way. Keep it fresh. Uh, what do you know about the Flint Pro-Am? I don't know anything about that. Yeah, so it's actually brand new. Um, it's JaVel McGee's Pro-Am, and he started it this year. It started it this summer. Um, a lot of the Flint, basically all the guys who hoop who are from Flint playing it. So, like, um, I don't know if people are familiar with some of these names, but, you know, Division One players, Jair Greer played at TCU, George Mason, um, Malik Ellison played at uh, Eastern Michigan. So they got a bunch of guys. It's actually JaVel McGee's league, who's originally from Flint, if people didn't know. Um, redacted has a team and I think he's actually going to play in it a couple times. So that, that would be a good suggestion. It, it's, it's definitely needed. Cause like I said, the other day I was perusing the money ball rosters and it, 
Eh, lot it to be seen. It, it kind of feel like feels like JaVale McGee just stole Moneyball Shine completely here. Like, is he out recruiting the Moneyball coordinators right now? I think he, I think he's doing a I think he's doing a good job of keeping all the talent that is from Flint hooping in the Flint Pro Am. I don't know if all the Lansing talent is even hooping in the Lansing in the Moneyball Pro Am, which is a Lansing Pro Am. Lansing talent has also gone downhill significantly since uh, I'm sounding like an old curmudgeon right now, but like since Zell and Brandon them were there, it's dropped off significantly. Did you just drop the word curmudgeon? I did drop the word curmudgeon. Our boy Coy said, uh, relevant to the conversation about Verlander, one of his favorites is that if you had to compete against a random pro athlete in a sport, what sport would you pick to challenge them in? His would be jujitsu. Many say golf, golf or tennis. What would uh, your sport you would challenge an athlete be? You already said Verlander. So is it baseball? No, because I think hitting a baseball is one of the hardest things in all sports combined. Um, it probably had to be some type of shooting, basketball shooting, and then just pick the worst shooter in the league and hope I can challenge them. Yeah, but that's not and a shoot. sport, though. I think he means like in in just a sport, like you got to play the sport, not like a mini game. Oh, uh, I don't think Lewis Hamilton wants to see me in F one. I'm a pretty good driver. <laughs> It's an absurd claim. I uh, I think mine has to be something with a racket of some sort, whether that's pickleball. I do think genuinely, give me 12 months, I could be a ranked pickleball player nationally. Uh, I, I, need would, you, I need you to verbally commit that you would not be, you would get smoked in table tennis by any professional table tennis player. I don't my care professionals, how much you... absolutely. So I got humbled. This is a fun little story, uh, except it's a nightmare story for me. I got humbled at the Final Four this year. We were at a bar all day doing live shows, and a bunch of players and coaches came through. Tyler Hansbro, who we work with a little bit on the field of 68, it's still crazy to say that, uh, was there one day, and there was a ping pong table, and that just so happened to be the day that everybody got the most drinks in them because we didn't really have anything to do that night. So... Long story short, after about six hours of streaming and drinking, uh, it turned into Jeff Goodman versus Tyler Hansbrough on a ping pong table, reliving some story he wrote about Tyler, and they played ping pong when they were writing the story. Uh, I talked a lot of shit. I said that nobody could touch me on the table. That resulted in me playing Tyler Hansbrough. Tyler did beat me. I think the final score was like 21-14. Uh, not a good showing from me whatsoever. I will say Tyler was pretty warmed up by that point. The Tyler that I saw in my match was different than the Tyler that was playing Jeff Goodman. There were no unforced errors from Hansbro against me. So and he's and he, and he was special too on the table. I mean, wingspan was used. He had good movement. Uh, that that was tough. He 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 handed it to you. I'm not gonna lie, G. It was it was tough to watch. It was humbling. It was very humbling. So for that reason, I would never mention ping pong. I am in the lab training for a rematch with Tyler at some point, though. In fact, uh, I may or may not be working on a cut up of some highlights of me that I can tweet at Tyler and say, just so you know, <laughs> this is where I'm at right now. Uh, next up, Seymour. Uh, I'm not gonna say the rest. Said. He's had the same barber since his freshman year. The barber story really connected with people, I think, Hart. He said his roommate gave people haircuts in their dorm after a year or so. A bunch of athletes came through. He'd come back from a class, and Mike Smith would be sitting in his room getting a haircut. Uh, Franz Wagner came through. So apparently there's a lot more 
with a, a connection emotionally with people who cut your hair than I realized. And sometimes that can lead to college athletes coming in your dorm, apparently in Ann Arbor. I mean, it, it, it means a lot. I, when I, my first year of college, I found myself missing my barber more than missing my parents sometimes. Cause I couldn't get a cut up at school. And there was one kid on the football team. There was one kid on the football team who was actually really nice at cutting hair. Unfortunately, he got kicked out like three weeks into school, left me alone. My hair is just growing, 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 leading up to the season. I need a haircut. I can't go to my barber. He's too far away. I took the risk trying to go to another barber in Albion, Michigan. Promise you, if I ever see her again, her name's Irene. If I ever catch her in the streets, it's on sight. She gave me the worst haircut I've ever seen. When I went back to my barber at home, he looked at me disgusted. I thought he was going to spit on me. He was like, who touched your head? Who touched your hair? This is awful. Did you do this yourself? And I was like, no, I'm sorry. Like, take me back. And he did. Thank God. And we're going strong. Poor Irene. I mean, my God, what a ricochet shot for Irene. I have so many questions. I feel like we could spend 20 minutes on your relationship with your barber every single episode. Uh, what age were you at when you started like really caring about your barber like was this was Uh, were you raised like this when you were like eight years old you you had to care about your barber no no i didn't uh i probably at least the guy i'm with right now that i do for my barber i wasn't going to him since uh i think junior year of high school who cut your hair before then then huh who cut your hair before then Another barber. So you you just broke up with one barber for the new barber? Found a hotter, nicer barber with a little more money? No, my, bar- my, barber, my barber moved to Tennessee. <laughs> okay. You still keep up with him? You still send him Christmas cards? I actually still know him because the other barber that I go to now, he was in the same shop that I went to for this barber. Then that barber got his own shop. So now he literally cuts hair in like an office room like this. It's one chair, one person. He's the only one in there. And you go in and get your cut. All right. Incredible. Uh, Let's move on. Apollo Barkley said, next up, quote, I could totally go three rounds with Tyson. I think that's a shot at you, my friend. Uh, I mean, I, I I already cleared it up on Twitter what I meant by it. I said I would nick a pitch out of 10 fastballs. Thrown straight down the middle, I would nick the ball. I'm not gonna not gonna discuss this anymore. What I feel like people are what what you're failing to acknowledge is that you say things wrong so much. And that's the yeah, I do. That's the core problem here. Ethan, uh Ethan Basilla, shout out to Ethan Basilla, by the way. Uh great Lansing gentleman who I used to coach against in uh basketball said East Lansing bar rankings. He needs it. That seems like a question right up your alley. Want to give your top three, top three East Lansing bars? Uh, all right. So this is going to exclude some of the new ones. I'm going to go from like my time of East Lansing bars. I'm going to go Rick's just because it's the classic, like nothing like it. Rick's. Then I'll go Dublin, which I think might be a sneaker pick. Harper's, PT's, and then... I think Landshark or Fieldhouse, whatever it is. I'm not, I think they changed the name. I think, okay. it was Land, I think it was Landshark, but it's Fieldhouse now. Okay. Uh, I'll I'll flip up slightly. I'll go the Riv one. Rama over everything. I'll go the Riv one. I might, okay, I'm, th- I'm throwing the Riv in my top five. 
Yeah, Riv, Riv has to be up there. I'm going Riv one. I'll go Ricks two just for iconic nature. But I never loved my nights at Ricks, to be honest. I never felt like I had a classic night at Ricks. Uh, and then three, I like your Dublin call out just because it felt a little different, a little higher class than some of the other uh, bars in East Lansing. But there is no experience like Rama. Riv was the best. All right. Lightning McQueen Chase Audige is really tearing it up right now. That's what Brett says. Um, yeah, he's been solid in the summer league, I would say. Uh, I'm still really mad he didn't go back to Northwestern. That's my take on Audish. See, I thought that he was calling someone Lightning McQueen Chase Audige. Oh, I thought he was actually saying like Audige is playing. Okay, maybe I'm wrong. And I was trying to find, and I was trying to find out who he was talking about. And so one of, one of us is Lightning McQueen Chase Audige. Do we think that's? If I point? find out that I'm Lightning, I don't know. If if he's <laughs> listening to this, he might need to clear up what that comment is. Yeah, I'm, I'm not really sure. I'm scared now. I don't want to be Chase Audige. Gadsby. Our boy, WR, said Jack Adley, the legend. That was a great moment. Jack Adley, one of the best MLB players on the planet. Apollo Barkley said, set up a pitching machine at 95 and grab some popcorn. Yes, we do need to do that. And I can promise you at some point in the next few months, we will be getting Carter Elliott on camera to see if he can actually nick a ball at 101 miles an hour. Grant says, who will be better, fifth-year Tyson Walker or fifth-year Trent Frazier a few years back? Please no Trent hate with a sad emoji. Time to hate on Trent, Cart. What's your answer? Come on now. It's not even hating on Trent. It's just like let's 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 get let's get a little real here. Come on, folks. Like fifth year Tyson Walker is going to be better than Trent. Tyson Walker is underrated defensively. I think he's I think defense is one of the most underrated parts of his game. Trent was obviously a really good defender. Tyson is a better scorer than Trent. Like Trent could score, but Tyson is a better offensive player than Trent. Um, I, I feel like I feel like the fact that we don't call Trent like this literal like Big Ten legend comes off as disrespect, and that's not what I'm trying to say. Trent is good, but fifth year Tyson Walker is going to be better than fifth year Trent, and I don't think it's going to be like up for debate either. I do think Tyson Walker's a better player. I think Tyson Walker's numbers are going to be better. Here's what I will say: on the teams they were on in their final years in college, I would not swap them. I think Trent Frazier was a better fit for a team that was built around Kofi Coburn than Tyson Walker would have been. And I think Tyson Walker is way better on this Michigan state team than Trent Frazier would have been. So uh, that's my take. I'm, not I'm mad. sorry. Grant. I'm, not, I'm, I'm not mad. I'm not mad at that take. It might be the only nice thing I say about an Illinois person today. Just wait. Uh, Eve says your YouTube community loves you too. Love you, Eve. Miss you. And last comment here, uh, Turn Me J35 says, love the everyday pod boys, but the Carter political jab seemed like a reach. Totally agree. Both coaches were scumbags. Come here to get rid of CNN, Fox News, BS. I didn't even realize you made a political jab. I had to go back and listen back after I read this comment. You did make a political jab. Uh, do you want to uh, have any comments on that? Should you release an apology statement like the joke one we did yesterday for this? Yeah, well, unfortunately, I don't. I I don't use Gmail, so my apology did. My apology memo didn't get faxed over, but uh, I'll try to keep the the Fox News takes off of here. But my one big thing today might have been um, address me correctly if you storm the Capitol. But uh, I'll try. I'll try to keep it to a minimum. But I can't. Believe, hey, I, I love my I love my boy. I always see him comment. 
I, I hate that he's kind of hitting me with the shut up and podcast right now. I, that kind of hurts me a little bit. It was only a matter of time. It's okay. It was only a matter of time. All right, let's move on. Uh, shout out to the YouTube chat section. Keep it coming. Five days a week, we're here to discuss, to interact, and uh, subscribers are growing through too. That helps us quite a bit as I keep spamming people in direct messages right now trying to see if there's anybody that wants to work with us and buy some sleepers content for the upcoming college basketball season. Hey, hey, there's, 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 a lot of, there's a lot of ad space <laughs> in these episodes. Let me tell you, there's a lot of space. Plenty of space. Okay, Cart, the news of yesterday into today in my mentions has been that I've been lit on fire by Illinois fans. I miss the days genuinely when Illinois fans just loved us and more selfishly, I'm just going to speak selfishly, me. I wish I miss when Illinois fans loved me. Okay. I was honest when I called your coach, Daddy Brad. Everybody loved me. I'm just straight up. He dominates my program. He still does. I love Brad Underwood. We went to Champaign last year. We got behind the scenes looks at a lot of stuff, talked to a lot of people around that program. It was a blast. I genuinely love everything about Illinois basketball, except for this roster and except for what they've done this offseason. I think it's okay to say that out loud. I've said it out loud, and suddenly everybody has the pitchforks on me. This is all stemming from uh, a series that the Field of 68 is rolling out that I took part in, where we assign off-season grades to the top 25 teams and then 15 other programs that we know will get a lot of YouTube clicks. Michigan and Illinois were two of the first ones we did. I gave them both a D-level grade, Cart. I gave Illinois a D. I gave Michigan a D-plus. Some people had a big problem with that plus sign card. So let me just throw it to you. Uh, I don't know how much you've been in tune with everything that's being said and what's going on here, but let's just start with this. Who had the better off season in your eyes, Illinois or Michigan? I think Illinois clearly had the better uh, off season in this case. Um, and I, and I do know what's going on because I have your tweet notifications on just in case something you know pops off or is needed, and or you say something and send a shot at me, but uh, yeah, I, I think that for me, you're not. And this might just be me personally grading it. I factor in that you lost Jet, lost Kobe, lost Hunter. I obviously know your stance on that and the fact that you knew that at least Jet and Kobe were gone. You didn't know that. Well, actually, you did know that Hunter was gone, but that's a whole other thing. Um. For me, Illinois getting Terrence Shannon Jr. back and Coleman back alone boost that. I feel like D is too low for that, just off the fact that they got those two dudes back. And then I like the additions of, of Gary A. I'm still with you. I want to see on other guys like Domansk and Harmon, but I feel like a D is too harsh in this case. And that's not because of how I feel about Illinois fans and them getting upset with me because I feel the same way. I like Illinois. I like champagne. I like the Illinois fan base, but we're not going to be guys that are just going to be like hyping up and drinking the Kool-Aid. If you want to hear that, you can go listen to that 200 columns fella or whatever that dude's name is. Like we're, if something bad is happening with Illinois or something we think is not, you know, up to par, we're going to say it. With that said, giving them a D I think is extremely, extremely overreactive or tough in this situation. <laughs> Okay, that's fair. I uh, I appreciate you checking me on this. You know, I value your opinion. Also, 2,000 Columns Rye was in my mentions yesterday, so that's a nice call out by you. This also started with uh, our boy Kevin Sweeney, 
who uh, I think really shed a lot of spotlight. Sweeney's fantastic, right? He's Sports Illustrated's own. We really like Kevin. Uh, we know him personally a little bit from our work the last couple of years. And uh, it's rare that Kevin and I are in like a, a public disagreement. So I think we both had a little bit of fun yesterday. I know Sweeney's out in Vegas and uh, I'm obviously just sitting at home in my living room, but it was enjoyable to kind of go back and forth. I didn't realize that going back and forth with Kevin Sweeney meant everybody sees that. That's just how big time Sweeney is. But uh, we asked Kevin Sweeney to come on the show this morning before realizing he was in Las Vegas and there was no way he was going to make a 5 a.m. mountain time recording. So uh, I asked him to send us a little video with his thoughts. Carl, let's run the tape. So I was enjoying my flight to Las Vegas when I saw that Greg Waddell had had the audacity to suggest that Illinois had a worse offseason or, or the same offseason as Michigan. And look, to me, to me, it's it's pretty clear. Right. Uh, I understand who was expected to come back, who wasn't. At the end of the day, Illinois brought back one first team all Big Ten level player in Terrence Shannon, brought back another really talented player, Coleman Hawkins, who could have stayed in the draft. That's monstrous. And then to add in piece here, piece there from the portal. Yes, they didn't get that superstar. Yes, but in the grand scheme of things, that superstar is Terrence Shannon. They didn't need to go get an alpha dog in the portal because they have one already. Whereas with Michigan, I just think the accumulation of losses, you know, the Burnett and Inkamwa additions aren't enough to make up for them. So, look, you know, love the sleepers, big fans of the show. Uh, wish I could be duking it out with you guys on the Zoom, but I just, I, I cannot sit here and allow Greg Waddell to besmirch the good name of Brad Underwood. I just can't do it. First of all, great use of the word besmirch. Second of all, he sounds like a substitute science teacher that's mad that his students aren't paying enough attention to him. Third, uh, I get it. Look, okay, he Sweeney is right and you're right in a lot of ways of what you're saying here. What I feel like people are missing on my D grade for Illinois' offseason and why I think it's comparable to Michigan is that my offseason grade has nothing to do with how good the team is going to be next year. Like, if the reason why, oh, Illinois deserves a better grade than Michigan because Terrence Shannon's on the team. Yes, of course. Like, Illinois is a way better roster than Michigan. I have been very vocal about that. All of that's true. Illinois' entire offseason plan, their biggest priority this year, was getting a point guard. Last year's team stunk because they did not have an answer at point guard. They had Terrence Shannon. They had Coleman Hawkins. They had Ty Rogers. They had Sincere Harris. They had Dane Danger. They had everybody that next year's roster will have on last year's roster. And that team was not good at the end of the season. That team had good moments throughout the season, but it did not have a good end of the season. Things did not fit. There was no point guard. They knew that. All offseason, the entire intention was we need to get a point guard. That was the plan. It didn't happen. So, like, I'm sorry that I can sit here and say when you failed as a program at the number one most important thing that was missing from last year's roster and was the priority this offseason, and you just got no one, not even, like, Got someone who might be okay. See, uh, see but no this one. is where I bounce. But this, 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 this is where this is where I push back. I think the main priority was to get Terrence Shannon Jr. and Coleman back. 
and that's I, it. Like, I, like to me, to me, it's a call it whether it's a minus or a plus or whatever you want to call it. They had like a B. Let's say, let's just say because of what the addition, they got a B minus off season and because of the guys they got back. If they would have got a point guard, then we'd be talking A range. Listen, if they like, got okay, a let, point let, guard, if they got a point guard, I'm with you. Throw them in the A range. They didn't. That's so, the so, so, only thing so, that matters. But you're, saying, but, but you're saying D right now. So you're saying getting a point guard would have took them from a D to an A? That's like yes. unreal jump. Because okay, see, that's, that, that's I not think, where I'm at. I think people are acting like Illinois is automatically better just by running it back with a core from a team that was bad at the end of last season. That like they did not fix anything, and I'm sorry, I do not buy that we got rid of toxic personalities and our team is good now. We're going on three straight off seasons of getting rid of toxic personalities. New toxic personalities will emerge. In fact, we've already heard rumblings of that. So I won't say them on camera because everyone's going to yell at me and call me a hater. But it is what it is. Like this, this churn keeps happening where there's a negative turn on that guy wasn't a good culture guy. It keeps happening over and over and over and over and over again. So, like, what do I think would have made Illinois better? Their number one plan, getting a point guard. They tried to get Ray J. Dennis and didn't. They were waiting on Tiger Campbell before that. Never happened. He never entered the portal. So, and then I I get, like, obviously getting Shannon back is huge. He's a top three player in this conference. Getting Coleman back is huge. I get that. The team was bad at the end of last season. And if the biggest point that people are making is like, we needed all our NIL to get those two guys back, then I think you mismanaged your NIL budget. <laughs> like, if you don't have enough money to go get Kirk Reese, if you don't have enough money to throw at a point guard at the end of the cycle, then you overpaid for two guys who lost 13 games last season. Is what it is. And Again, this is coming from a place where I think Illinois had a ceiling next year that was really high if they got a good point guard. <laughs> like, that's all they had to do. So I think they missed, like, like it's more impactful, even though they're a better team, even though I think they're a top five, six team in the Big Ten. Like, the fact that they could have been the second best team in the Big Ten and mm. failed that gives them a D because there was hope for something higher that they didn't reach. Michigan didn't have that hope and they still get a D (laughs) like that doesn't mean they are awesome. That doesn't mean they're a good team. Michigan had no hope of being anything good. I just like that. They got some players that I know can play. I don't even think Illinois did that. Like we think Marcus Damask could be good. We know Quincy Gary is like a eighth man. Do those guys really move the needle? Oh, 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 ooh, ooh, a little tough. He's been bad, man. I'm sorry, he's been bad. Yeah, he, he yeah, he has. I, I lean on Syracuse, Gary, a little bit more than I do on Oregon, just because. Okay. Oregon is. I don't, I don't know what's what's going on over there. Um, can I end this segment by saying one thing? Sure. We're like not newsbreakers. And like we actually do like have sources. We don't make things up on here. I just kind of want to let that be known. Like we're not over here like prying into places, trying to get information. We honestly are, you know, pretty good with people who do break news. So when they hear things, you know, we hear things. We don't like make things up. And I feel like people think we make things up. Just want to throw that out there. Yeah. There was definitely a contingent that was like victory lapping, like, oh, you said 
they were going to get Kirk Risa or like, oh, you said they were going to get this guy earlier in the offseason. I'm like, no, I'm just we just talk about what we're hearing and the people we hear from do know things like that doesn't mean they're always right. That doesn't mean it comes to fruition. This stuff is really fluid in the transfer portal era. And we will get bit for speculating things might happen that don't end up happening. But that doesn't mean we're talking to Twitter eggs. <laughs> like we're again, I, I think enough people that have watched or listened to us or seen the college hoops to go show should know we have access to people that have real information specifically at Illinois and outside of Illinois. Um, and look, we, we don't do this for clickbait. Like that's the other thing is a lot of people are like, Oh, Greg's just clickbaiting again. We don't do this for clickbait. Let me be very clear. Our Illinois videos on the channel do really well. We love talking about Illinois. Like they are the most up and down program in college basketball. I think they're the most fun program to talk about. We were doing all these videos when we got a hundred views per video. Then all of a sudden, like we had one take off because we're entertaining and we're good at this. And now we have an Illinois audience. Like we're going to keep talking about them. That doesn't mean it's clickbait. There's going to be days I say great things about Illinois. There's going to be days I say bad things about them. So long story short, Illinois, I gave your offseason a D. I stand by that. You're acting like I gave Michigan an A. I didn't. I gave them a D plus. I think both these teams completely failed. You put all your resources into getting Ray J. Dennis. You have a gaping hole on your roster where he would have been. Michigan did the same thing with Caleb Love. Okay, bad offseason. Good basketball team, bad offseason. You're still going to beat Michigan twice by 25 points. Is that fair? Sure. I, I I guess I got to throw my grade out there because we are talking grades. I'd be somewhere in the C, C plus B minus range. Okay. I think that's where Doster was. I think he was, he might've been B minus. I don't know. I'm too afraid to even go back and watch it back because of how mean people were to me yesterday. Hey, it's Greg here interrupting whatever nonsense Cart and I are talking about to ask you if you knew that we do this five days a week now, Monday through Friday, you can find the full video episodes of every episode of the Sleepers podcast on our YouTube channel. You can also listen to them wherever podcasts can be listened to. Please like and subscribe, though, because we're kind of trying to make this a more real thing. And we don't really make any money off of this right now, which uh, is not ideal. So, yeah, thanks for watching. Hope you enjoy this. And let's get you back to the show. Let's move on to your program, Cart. Jackson Kohler at Moneyball. We talked about Moneyball a little bit yesterday. You said Moneyball is broken. You said Moneyball needs to get back to what it was. Well, Jackson Kohler's trying his damn best, okay? 53 points, 18 rebounds for Team Snipback. Snipback looking like they might just snip the title this season, Cart. They beat Team Fago 113 to 103, and Kohler's footwork was on display. He looked like Elijah Wan. He looked like Nikola Jokic. You saw the flashes of everything that this young man has to offer. For Card, are you buying that Jackson Kohler is in line for a breakout year specifically because of what he's showing in Moneyball? No. <laughs> Would you like to elaborate? <laughs> well, I mean, we talked about what Moneyball is, and it, it. I hate that I have to be put in this position to sound like a hater. 53 and 18 is special on any basketball court at any time. Like, that's amazing that's sweet it's dope um i bet you it was great to actually see like people who got to go there and watch jackson kohler score 53 uh but like come on man what are we doing here 
Like that's that's what I mean when there's a talent gap. Who's on the other side? Who's well, like taking Z- some pride and being like Xavier like, Booker? Who? Xavier Booker was on the no, other side. No way that's who was checking him. I I wasn't there. I didn't see, but I know we, Xavier Booker we was might on the other side. Get team. some more info on that because that's crazy. That's crazy. That's that's the thing I'm talking about. That money ball, like, yes, don't take it too seriously because it is something fun, but like, where's like the competitive edge? Like, what's going on? Like, who on the other side? I'm gonna go speak. I'm gonna go with the speak of my personal terms. If some guy is pushing fifty on me, I'm I'm sitting. All right, like I'm clamping up. I'm doing something. Did he earn that fifty? Probably not. Did he score fifty? Yeah. And now the worst part about this is the Chop Man twenty four sevens and the Sparty Dog two nine seven five seven with no profile picture and a golden retriever cover photo. Is literally talking about oh Jackson Kohler all Big Ten now like come on man like yes you can take some things away maybe he looked good uh, I haven't seen I seen a couple clips yeah like Jackson Kohler doing footwork doing what he does like is that fifty three and eighteen going to translate into like a breakout on the scene in the Big Ten no, no it's not <laughs> it isn't I'm sorry like I'm gonna have to see it in another setting. I don't think there's a correlation between Moneyball box scores and how good a player could be next year. Look no further than Pierre Brooks. It just is what it yes. is. With it all is. that said, though, I am buying Jackson Kohler, and it doesn't have much to do with his Moneyball performance. Although I do think it's good to see him. Like, 50's 50. I don't care. You're like, no, no, did work best, for his best. 50? I don't care if he didn't work for his 50. 50's 50. I know. I know, no, no. I'm not saying that. I said, I said, fifty was fifty. I'm talking about the guy on the other side who's like, yeah, where, yeah. Where's, where's but we don't know. We, we don't know if there was the, pride. The, the like, biggest part of this, the biggest part of this fifty ball, and I'll let you go, is that Jackson got the score fifty. Jackson feels great about himself right now, which he should. He had a fifty ball. Fifty's fifty. I, I think I've said this on camera before recently. Maybe not. Maybe I've only said it privately to you. I'm still holding on to my Jackson Kohler stock in a pretty big way here relative to the Michigan State front court. I would not say that about the other Michigan State front court members. And I get that makes me uh, I'm alone in the Michigan State Twitter sphere on that. Everybody seems to have moved on and fixated on Carson Cooper. I'm just going to compare the two because I feel obligated to cart. I don't see it with Cooper. Like I've I've never seen so much offseason hype for a guy that averaged one point four or whatever he did points and rebounds last year. And I get he wasn't on the court much. Like he didn't get opportunity to show it. I also get that he looks more like a center than Madi Sissoko and Jackson Kohler do right now. I get that you can squint and see some Colin Castleton and how wiry he is and he looks like a pterodactyl. All that's fun. He can fly, he can dunk, whatever. Is he actually better at dunking than Mati Sissoko? Is he better at defense than Mati? Like, I don't think so. I think he just was the guy who played the least of those three last year. And quite frankly, all three were so poor that there was the least tape in a negative way on Cooper that everybody now wants to fix it on. Think of what he could be when in reality, he was third for a reason. He was ranked where he was as a recruit for a reason. And there's stuff to like, like there's more with Carson Cooper to like than there is with Colby Walliman. But like that guy should be a third center. 
That that should be the plan for him his whole career. And if he is, you feel good about it. If he's anything higher, you're not feeling great about it. Jackson Kohler has a higher ceiling. I think we saw that last year, and I don't really get why people have moved on from him. Maybe it's just because he's not necessarily built like Michigan State fans like their centers to be built. He's built more like like Joey Hauser than he is a center, right? Like he's short. He's not strong necessarily, even though I think he did a lot of work on his body this offseason. I like where he looks right now. And he's just not necessarily the physical presence that Michigan State fans love their dog mentality centers to be. He's more finesse. He's more skilled. He's a good basketball player. Like, I'm I'm not backing off of that. This kid's offensive skill set is very high for who he is. He has to figure out if he's a center or a four at Michigan State. But he's one of those guys that I think you pray you hold on to. And I don't expect him to leave, but... Like, I, I would not write him off. If if we're writing people off in the Michigan State front court, Kohler is not the one I would do. I think Madi, we know what he is. Cooper, people seem to think there's something there that I don't think is there. Kohler's the one that really has a next level I think he could get to. And this is a good sign for me, man. We went to Moneyball last year, and he was good. He wasn't dropping 53 in a game. So, like, again, Moneyball, no correlation to next year. But the fact that he is feeding right now, the fact that I'm seeing workout videos move from the sand into the East Lansing weight room, and there's a few more weights on that rack this year than there were last year, I like what I'm seeing from Jackson Kohler. Yeah, I, I, it's kind of – I really agree with the fact that I feel like people are riding off Jackson way too much. Like, as far as, like, bigs, if I'm ranking them right now, just from last year, so, like, cancel out, like, the bookers coming in and, you know – whatever small ball pull Malik out there, whatever like that for me, it's Jackson. Honestly, it's still Jackson. Mott. I think Carson is still third in the pecking order. Yeah. I mean, I like maybe, maybe, maybe make an argument for second, but like, let's, let's, let's relax a little bit. Okay. I don't squint and see Colin Cassis and I squint and see Gavin Schilling. Okay. I think we're doing a little bit too much. It made sense that Mahdi started last year. And I think the hope would be this year somebody takes that spot. I don't get why the fan base is gravitated to Cooper for that. I'm still hoping it's Kohler that takes that spot. And if it's not Kohler, you better hope it's Booker. Like, well, if the, we, the only the only reason I think they might gravitate towards Carson more, and I could see this, is because on this team we just need someone who can be defensive and rebound the ball. And I think Jackson struggles more defensively, maybe because he's less mobile than Cooper, but also let's not act like Cooper's just some rim protecting great defensive player as well. Like that's or great rebounder, even for that matter. Let's, yeah, that's Car- gonna... my thing is I don't think Carson Cooper can rebound at all. He just lo- it's literally eye test there. He averaged less than one rebound a game, and I get he didn't play a lot. Go to the advanced stats cart. Like he didn't have a rebound percentage higher than 8% last year. 8% defensive rebound percentage for a center is horrible. It's absolutely horrible. It's unplayably bad. So like I get, you can, you can cut up clips of Carson Cooper had one good play every three weeks from last year. He has shown nothing to make you think he should be a, a staple in the rotation. The way that even like Jackson Kohler's had games in the Big Ten where he scored like six points in two minutes. That is something he can do. And hopefully Jackson Kohler had TJD in hell in at Breslin Center. 
on yeah. both ends. Hopefully that continues to expand. I think if you literally if you literally put their games in each other's bodies just the way they look, I think everybody would love Kohler's game. It's just like I think people are infatuated with Cooper. He looks like a dinosaur. Like Jackson Kohler looks like a soft teddy bear and I think Michigan State fans can't get past that for some reason. And I hope they do cuz I think there's a little Joey Hauser to this where people were like super anti-Joey. Oh, we need him out of the rotation. Malik Hall needs to take his job. And then they realized, oh, it took him a little while, but Joey's really good now. Like, I, I think that can happen for Jackson sooner rather than later. And uh, I hope it does. I'm not selling your stock, Jackson. That's my point. Go for 60 next week. Whenever you play Team Frosted Flakes or whoever's next in line, go for 60, my friend. Moving on, Cart, uh, you wanted to talk about a quote from Justin Jefferson. I, I don't know if there's actually a quote. I wanted to find video, but I couldn't find it. But um, a prominent NFL Twitter account said that Justin Jefferson's top five quarterbacks does not include Kirk Cousins, Pat Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen. I would argue those are the top five quarterbacks in the NFL. Kirk Cousins is not on that list. You seem to have a problem that he didn't name his own quarterback on that list. So when I originally sent this to you, uh, I thought it was 10 quarterbacks. A little different now that it's five, but in my eyes, you got to lie. You got to lie and you got to throw Kirk at five. You got to lie. I mean, why? You touch why it, do you, you have to lie? Why? You, I think you just got to lie in that situation. For what reason? What benefit does that have? For for your for your quarterback. Like 30, 30, like 31 year old Kirk Cousins. If they ask St. Brown, um, I'm on Ross St. Brown, this question, I think he throws golf at five. Is this just the, like, this is the mentality I made fun of last year with everybody claiming A.J. Hogard's the best point guard in the Big Ten, right? Like, you don't, we don't have to lie and say guys are the best because we're related or fans well, that's, that, on a that, team. That's like, different. That's, that's, that's fandom, though. That's fan to point guard. The so if you ask... If you ask like if you, Tyson if you, Walker, if you ask Tyson Walker who the best point guard in is a Big Ten or his top five point guards, what if he didn't put AJ in there? What if you ask Tyson Walker who the top five centers in the country are? Is he obligated to say Mati Sissoko? I think he would throw Sissoko at the last spot, just that's like a, ridiculous. <laughs> <Mati."> that's ridiculous. <laughs> like that's that doesn't encourage work. Like I'm if I'm Justin Jefferson, I'm going to sit here and yeah, I'm going to name the. Th- 21 quarterbacks in the league that are better than Kirk Cousins. Hope Kirk hears it and gets in the weight room. Like, stay after practice. Let's get some reps in, Kirk. Kirk's 30. I don't know how old he is. He's got to be like 31 years old. He doesn't need a morale boost of being lied to by the best wide receiver in the league because they're teammates. Like, Kirk would just be like, dog, no, I'm not. I'm not better than Josh Allen. I don't. I don't I mean, get your take on this. I don't know. I in my eyes, you throw him at five. That's all I'm saying. So like, I mean, it, do I have to answer? Like, if people are like, "Who's the best podcaster on earth?" Do I have to answer you? If you're not throwing me in the five, it, it's it's gonna affect me. Isn't it worse to just put him at five though? Because then you know it's a sympathy list. Like, I'd put him at four at least if I'm going to play that game. Make him think it's real. I don't I don't know. You got to throw him in there. My main, my main issue is that some people are getting upset over the tweet because they put Jalen Hurts above Josh Allen. And Josh Allen, I'm sorry, and Jalen Hurts is better than Josh Allen. 
I would like your full quarterback list at some point. I know from watching the Super Bowl with you in Columbus, Ohio last year that you have Justin Herbert incredibly high. Like I, I just I don't know. I mean, do you, I mean, do you want do you want my top five? Can I get your top seven? Top seven quarterbacks? Yeah, let me get your top seven. You better put golf there. You're lying. Season ticket holder. Mahomes. Oh, also, I think Justin Jefferson put Aaron Rodgers at three. Aaron Rodgers was two. What? Mahomes, Rodgers, Burrow, Hurts, Allen in that order. No, it's for me. It's Mahomes. Uh, Mahomes, Burrow, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen. Uh, I don't want to leave anybody out on these teams. Um, probably like Lamar Jackson and Justin Herbert. Who's seven? I want seven. Seven requires oh, want seven? a name. Yeah, seven requires a name. Right. You said the six easy ones. You've left Rodgers off so far. Yeah, I have. It's 2023, and Noodle Arm, Fox News, I don't need to talk about him. Okay, all right. The attorney J35 is going to love that one. <laughs> okay, I'm just, I'm just saying, New York Jets fans have a lot of fun watching Tucker Carlson throw <laughs> seven-yard swing routes all season. Who's your seventh quarterback? <laughs> oh, seventh quarterback. Oh. Uh... I don't forget anybody. God, why do you? Why is this two straight episodes of me listing people? Because I'm hoping you'll like say. I'm hoping you'll say Jack Adley or some guy that doesn't exist. I, I there's there's a good chance I will. Um, I will go. I, I mean, I get. I don't know. I can't even like name some teams for real. I don't, no. I don't know who I'm missing. No, Justin Fields. Ooh, Justin Fields might be a even I hate I hate Dak Prescott, but he did have a good season. Uh you know what? I will I'll, I'll throw Jared Goff on there. That's my quarterback. Oh, bullshit. All right. Uh for the record, my top seven is the same as your top seven, except I have Cooper Rush sixth. Uh and Lamar Jackson seventh. So there you go. All right. One big thing, Cart. We're still calling it one big thing. Uh until we can think of something better. We both hate this name. Somebody come up with a better name that doesn't sound like we're talking about a penis. Carl, what's your one big thing today? Um, my one big thing I want to talk about today is inspired by the beautiful iced coffee I made more this morning on my Nespresso machine. By the way, uh, this is my shout out. If any Nespresso uh, you know, brand manager or anything is listening to this episode by any chance, if anyone knows anybody that works at Nespresso, please sponsor me. Big barista, love my Nespresso, love everything about it. The thing I want to discuss this morning, the one big thing, is that the most underrated coffee shop out of the brand names, okay? So this is like the Starbucks of the world, all of that. The most underrated, the best coffee out of the generic brands is Big B Coffee, is Big B. And I want respect put on Big B's name. No one respects Big B. Everyone wants to go to Starbucks, and when they don't want to disrespect Starbucks, they go to Dunkin' because they think it's the cool hipster thing. Dunkin's good. Big B is the best. That's my one big thing today. Um, I need to start coming with a sports one big thing, but that's just what came to me this morning. So that's my one big thing for today. I like that take a lot. Uh, I also believe Big B is the best of those three. Would you Would you go Big B, then Starbucks, then Dunkin'? Do I have that order right? Yeah, I go Big B, Starbucks, Dunkin'. I go Big B, Dunkin', Starbucks, for the record. I think uh, 
I like, don't get me wrong. Starbucks is always there. Great establishment. But I think a lot of it is like marketing and just like viral buzz with Starbucks. I don't know that the coffee itself. I'm surprised you, I'm surprised you said that because I've taken a lot of road trips with you and I've seen you put down multiple venti dragon, dragon fruit berry refreshers. Yeah. I mean, but again, that was before I drank black coffee. Now, I don't know that I'm ever going to have a strawberry refresher again. We'll see. Oh, man, you, I forgot you drink black coffee now. Things have changed. Cards crazy. Also, by the way, check out this. I got a nice little sleepers Yeti. Have you seen that before? Look at that. Look how nice. Yeah, I, I saw it when I came to I, when I came to visit you and MJ. I saw it. And I I want one. Oh yeah, it's really nice. I've been throwing I've been throwing very non subtle hits at Meg. It's like I was making my coffee this morning. Like wow, this is good. Be better if it was in a Yeti with sleepers on it. <laughs> okay, nice. have a good day. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, okay, I, I'm i going to do one big thing, but I'm going to do two big things. First, I have to quickly mention Brandon Miller was awesome. Uh, we have talked about how horrible he's been, and then I feel like nobody talked about him being awesome last night. He had 26.6 rebounds, 8 for 15 from the floor, 3 for 6 from 3. So I see you, Brandon Miller. I'm just saying that. I want to play both sides here and give you credit when the credit is due. It's your first good game in 10 games. My second big thing, the one I actually want to talk about, Car, I watched the movie Whiplash over the weekend on Bunday in the Waddell household. Every Sunday is now Bunday. We make a food that has a bun, and we watch a movie. We alternate who picks the movie. I picked Whiplash, second consecutive movie I picked that's been great. We watched Manchester by the Sea two weeks ago. Whiplash is incredible. Have you seen Whiplash? No, I have not. Watch Whiplash. Incredible movie. I'm still like anxious about it. Like it's it, one of those like not just edge of your seat. Like I felt like I was having a panic attack for two hours in a good way. It oh. was weird. It was indescribable. But uh, Miles Teller, friend of Aaron Rodgers, was the star. J.K. Simmons was incredible in it. Um, it's about a jazz drummer, but it's more about like the relationship that toxic mentors can have on an individual. It's it's very deep, Car. I think you would like it. Huh. I'm going to tap into that. I got a, got the season finale of The Bear tonight. was thinking about moving on to the next show, maybe Cruel Summer. Heard some good things about Cruel Summer. Uh, any good show suggestions, throw that in the comments. Glad you also clarified what Bunday meant because a lot of people's mind went to a real nasty place when you mentioned that. Oh, you can get nasty with it if you want, people. Interpret, okay. bun- interpret Bunday how you want. <laughs> whether saying. it be Crock-Pot or whether it be Crock-Pot or any other form of <laughs> I'm disgusted by the way that you keep insisting on watching shitty shows that aren't succession. Finish succession and then we can talk. Like I, they, it's not an excuse anymore. Like Meg doesn't like succession. That's not an excuse anymore. Watch succession before you watch cruel summer. Come on. Okay. Thank you. All right. I will. All right, we'll see you tomorrow. Like, subscribe, jump in the comment section. We'll read the comments uh, again tomorrow. Stay tuned. We're going to commentate the World Putting League match Thursday, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Dimers Twitter. And Riley Fridays are officially a go. Riley Davis will be joining us on the show Friday where we will let him take over this very program. We're not even going to know what's coming. He's going to drive the ship. That could be fun. It could be horrible. We'll see how it goes, Cart. Have a great day. We'll talk to you tomorrow. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. 
Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.